This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 173, Fear Rejection. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. As always, I say this every week, but I'm so grateful you're here, especially for this one, because we're going to talk about something our brains don't really like to acknowledge, even though it's fearing it almost all the time. And this it is rejection. And this episode is inspired by my own life. The past few months have been really hard in my life, and it's been things that have just been out of my control random health things with my son and my husband, getting sued, which ended up in my favor, but it was very stressful. Some things changing in my business, which was unexpected and stressful, and just an array of other things. And if you heard my 2022 mid-year recap, you heard all about this stuff. But because of these unexpected things, you know, I've been a little bit more worn out than normal. And when we get worn out, what happens is this voice in our head that I call the inner mean girl. In the psych world, they call it the ego. Many people have different names for it, like the lizard brain, conditioned self, false self. You know, some even even call it the devil. But whatever you call it, this part of your brain gets stronger when you get worn out. And, you know, even though I've been doing more self-care to kind of recover, I don't think I really gave myself enough credit to realize like, whoo, I'm going through some hard shit. (laughs) And it really wasn't until, you know, I did that mid-year recap podcast episode um, and I was prepping for it of like, okay, what am I going to say here? And let me just do my own inner work of recapping the past six months. I was like, man, this has been a really hard six months. And so as I've taken that in, then, you know, I've really been able to see too of, wow, The voice in my head right now is intense and it is negative. And I've had to really sit with that and unpack that. I've had some dark days the past few weeks as I've leaned into 
hearing that voice again. It's been years since it's been this bad. I mean, I want to say this was before even I started coaching as a client. So nine years ago, and I've just been like, holy shit, like what is going on here? And as I've dug deeper and deeper as to what this voice is fearing, because that's what this voice is built for. This voice is for protection and safety. And that's why we have this voice in our head because it's thinks it's doing a really great job of keeping us safe and secure in the world and keeping us alive. But most of us don't need that strong of a voice anymore. We don't you know, have to run from danger all the time. Now the news would tell us differently and I'm not saying the news is false, but the news also knows how to get people watching the news or reading the news, which is telling us all the shitty stuff because our brains are like, give me more, give me more, give me more. I've got to see that stuff because remember my job is to keep you alive and not to keep you happy and thriving and satisfied, right? And so we can really lean into that. And right now it just seems like there's a lot going on in the world, right? I'm not going to get into all the details, but I'm sure your, your brain can pop in all some things that feel kind of bigger to you, at least it does to me. And so again, like our brain doesn't need to be that strong telling us these negative things all the time, but we do need to lean in and explore why that voice can be so strong for us. Now, if you're a client of mine, you're like, yep, got it, Lindsay. This is awesome. I know all the things. If you're new around here and we haven't worked together, which is the majority of people who listen to this show, then just know like today what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you walk into understanding, are you even fearing rejection? Because I know for me, it took some unpacking for me to really dig in and say, what is this about, inner mean girl voice? Like, why are you so loud? And it came down to rejection for me. And so I'm going to help you see if it's rejection for you. And newsflash probably is, or maybe it's you're labeling it as failure or something like that. Um, But we're going to unpack that. And then I'm going to just kind of walk you through ways that you can start to diminish this fear of rejection or failure or however your brain's labeling it and start to calm that negative inner mean girl voice. Okay, so I want you to walk away today saying, whoo, I know what rejection feels like now. I know that I'm fearing it and I know what to do with it. Now, of course, today we're just walking through some of the basic stuff to get you to stop fearing it and to overcome it. Know if we were to coach together, we would go so much deeper in this and I would teach you even more tools for you to start to overcome this inner mean girl voice. Um, And in essence, too, what happens is like something happens in our world. Let's just do an example so you can start to see. Say you post something on social media and two people like it. And you're like, shit, that was like some really good stuff. Or, you know, that was me celebrating that I did this thing. And like I get two likes out of all my followers or my friends. Like what the F? And that can bring up feelings of rejection, right? And so what happens is we'll kind of be like, oh, well, it's just stupid anyway. Like, you know, maybe it's the algorithm or, you know, we just like start talking ourselves out of it. And then we move about our day. And what happens is we had a stress response come up. In that moment, it was you felt rejected from not getting, you know, a lot of support from your post that you made that was really special to you. And You just keep going about your day, as I said, right? And so you're not closing off the stress response. And then what happens is that shit lives on our body. 
And so we spend years, if not decades, walking around. This stuff happens that many people would label as like little and petty and just move on. And even like it would be too snowflakey or soft for you to dig deeper into it. But if you don't, you don't close that stress response. And so then that's why people are walking around feeling stressed all the time, feeling like shit and wondering, hmm, on paper, a lot of my life looks really good, but yet why do I feel like shit? Well, it's because you haven't learned how to close off that stress response. Okay. And you know, it's funny. I mentioned a social media example, right? Because this is what we're doing all the time. We're constantly consuming with things like social media at such a fast pace of like swipe, 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 swipe. And all these messages are coming into our brain and our brain again, isn't here to help us thrive and keep us happy. It's here to find ways to keep us safe. And so say we're swiping along and we just see all of these women who look quote unquote amazing. They're all super fit. They have quote unquote perfect bodies. You know, you may just like be like, oh, you know, kind of feeling after you do that. But then you're not really taking in what's really going on in your head after you've swiped for five, 10 minutes even. And taken in how much stress you actually were taking in on your body and in your mind. And so then you're just like walking around again, not closing off these stress responses. So I say all this to say we are feeling rejection even more than ever just because of how fast our society is moving and how much we are consuming. So let's start to dig in and really start to understand if you are somebody who fears this. And even if you're somebody who fears it on a higher level, there's something called rejection sensitivity disorder. And really what it's what it means is that you just have a high sensitivity to rejection. And I'm going to ask you some questions here that um, many people ask for you to start to understand, do I have RSD or rejection sensitivity disorder, right? And you can start to say, okay, I'm just super sensitive to rejection. And knowing that here's some intentional work I need to do so that I can ease my mind and kind of, in essence, combat this and be proactive about this before something happens. And then I go in this negative thought loop and it spins out of control. And all of a sudden I feel like shit and I don't want to leave my bed. Right. So I'm going to ask you these questions and just start to see to yourself if these are true for you. And each question that I'm going to ask you, I want you to mentally, or if you're able to stop and kind of write on paper, if you're answering these as never, sometimes, or frequently. Okay. Because if you answer a lot of sometimes from these questions, then just know, yeah, I fear rejection. Great. But it's kind of like a normal, what some people would say, normal or healthy balance. If you're answering frequently to a lot of these questions, then you are definitely fearing rejection on a higher level that some may consider RSD or again, rejection sensitivity disorder. And if you're answering never to most of these, then you're not in a season right now of fearing rejection. And that's a beautiful thing. All right, so let's start to see, are you fearing this? Okay, question number one, you become very angry or you have extreme emotional responses when you perceive that you have been rejected or hurt. Okay, I'm gonna read it again. You become very angry or you have extreme emotional responses when you perceive that you've been rejected or hurt. So you're answering that as never, sometimes, or frequently. 
And something I just want to add here too is I've realized as I've been unpacking the past few weeks of like, why do I feel like shit? You know, is I am very hyper vigilant about reading people. And I've always been an intuitive being. This is one of my superpowers. I can read body language. I can read just emotions off people. I can feel emotions off people. Um, People would even call me like a clairsentience because it's kind of like a psychic ability. I mean, I don't know. You can call it whatever you want. But yeah, so I can read things off of people. And when I'm talking to someone, be it a client or in my personal life, whatever, I can tell when I say something or do something that they don't like. I can read it almost immediately on their faces. And, you know, when I'm in a good headspace, like I've been for many years, it'd be like, oh, okay, like, let's get curious. Let's dig deeper into this, whatever. Or I wouldn't make it about me because I've been kind of in a shitty headspace. This is what comes up for me. Oh my gosh, I did something that offended them or made them mad. And oh my gosh, they're not going to like me. And then I'll get off, you know, whatever, if it's on a call or conversation with them and I'll start, my brain will start making up these stories of like, oh my gosh, and they're going to be so mad at me and da, 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 da. And it just starts spinning into this whole other thing, right? When the reality is, is like, who knows what the hell is going on in their mind whenever I said that. They could have not liked it because of something that I said, but it could have brought up something else for them or they could have been, you know, realizing, oh, my stomach kind of hurts right now, right? So, just be aware if this is coming up for you in this way, if you're somebody who is hyper vigilant about reading other people's emotions, this is true a lot of times for people who identify as a people pleaser, or if you're a client of mine, you've tested high with a pleaser and her mean girl, because, you know, in essence, your gift of having that is being intuitive, right? But when it's an overdrive, you're people pleasing. You're like, oh, okay, so-and-so needs this and so-and-so needs that. And if it's not conscious, you'll start to just please them in essence. Like, okay, I know what they need. I'm going to keep giving this to them for them to feel fulfilled. Enneagram 2 is looking at you. This is a big thing for you too, right? So yeah, just see if you're hypervigilant. And if you are and you identify with that, start to see, okay, am I hypervigilant because I really want to make sure that I'm not being rejected and I'm reading the room around me, okay? Because that's in essence what this question that I just said a minute ago is asking you. I'm going to say it again. You become angry or have extreme emotional responses when you perceive you have been rejected or hurt. So if you're not people pleasing too, you're going to really feel this. So I'm a recovering people pleaser and I used to be able to read a room and just give people what they wanted. But now what happens is I read the room or read a person and then I'm like, oh, I know what they want and I do not want to give that to them. And then there's this discomfort of, oh, I know what it is that they want, but that's not authentic to me. All right. And so then, again, because my headspace has been kind of shitty, it's brought up emotional responses for you. All right. That's question one. I promise the other ones won't be such a long explanation. Question number two, you set high standards for yourself and you have trouble meeting those standards. So does that happen? Never, sometimes, or frequently. Some even say you're a perfectionist or you just have a really negative inner critic voice. Question number three, self-esteem is poor because the language that you're used to describe yourself is negative. So is this never for you, sometimes or frequently? And I will say for a lot of clients that I have, when we start coaching together, it's not until we start coaching do I start to repeat back to them what they just said to me. And they're like, oh, shit, this is the way I talk to myself? I'm like, yeah, 
We even do an intentional exercise in our coaching called the Inner Mean Girl Interview, where I ask these neuroscience-backed questions to tap into that part of their brain for that negative voice to, in essence, like say all the things that it's been saying behind the scenes in the unconscious brain, which I know sounds really woo-woo and wacky, but it's so crazy cool how it works. But yeah, then they can really hear how they talk about themselves. So even if you're answering like never, maybe it's just because you're not aware of it, right? Okay, so see how you're describing yourself. That's question three. Question four, are you anxious, especially socially, and especially if you're in a room with a lot of people? So would you say never, sometimes, or frequently? The next question, question five, you fall out with or you argue with friends and family often. So is that never, sometimes, or frequently? And again, if you're people-pleasing right now in your life, you may not be arguing with friends and family because you may be sitting around pleasing them all the time. So just kind of take that in. Are you not arguing with them because in essence you're just giving them what they want and you're losing yourself in the process? And the other thing I want to bring up here is, you know, a lot of times clients will tell me, well, yeah, I argue a lot with family, Lindsay, because, you know, they're assholes. <laughs> and I hear you, right? I, I get you. And I will say, you know, a lot of our behaviors are learned behaviors, right? So if you fear rejection, you likely came from a parent or parents who fear rejection too. And so what can happen if you're fearing rejection and they're fearing rejection, you can be both so hypersensitive to it that you're fighting with one another when really there's like not that much that's wrong. It's just you're both pushing each other away out of fear of being rejection and wanting to have control over that situation. So I see this with my mom all the time. Okay, if this doesn't make sense, let me give you my real life example. So for example, yesterday my daughter and I call my mom because she had called us and we're just talking, you know, what's been going on, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, oh, your dad and I were at JCPenney yesterday. And my daughter and I kind of look at each other and we give a little smirk because we have an inside joke about how my childhood was filled with JCPenney. Like the catalogs would come, like that was the big thing. And it's so funny now because like JCPenney... I don't know. You might like JCPenney if you're here in the States, but you know, we're not a fan of it. But like that was like the coolest thing ever was to go to JCPenney. And so that's what we have our inside joke about. But my mom caught it and goes, What what? And we're like, Oh, we were just laughing because y'all went to JCPenney. And we didn't go into the inside joke about what it meant. And she, I could tell, went into a spiral of thoughts of like she thought she was being rejected, she thought she was being made fun of. And then she started to pull away. And um, I said, go ahead, tell your story. We were just laughing about JCPenney. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about it now. I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and this is the story of my childhood. In essence, is like I walked around. I even did a hypnosis recently with Madeline Scipione, who was on one of the recent podcasts. And she's going to be in my Live in the Dream Mastermind next year doing hypnosis therapy, right? And in that hypnosis, you know, I went into the session and I didn't really have any intention for it. I was like, I just want to see what comes up for me. She took me back to a moment where I was a teeny tiny baby. And I realized from that point that I had to perform for my mom for her to show up for me to give me the milk that I needed because she was breastfeeding. And 
because if I wasn't a quote unquote good or well behaved baby, she would take it, what I believe, as rejection because she was so sensitive to it. And then I wouldn't get fed. And so I had to learn very early on for my survival of, oh, okay, I have to perform this certain way for me to get my needs met. So again, I say all that because if, let's go back to the question, you fall and argue with friends and family often, you may say they're a-holes or, you know, it's their fault and whatever. And I hear you and I get it. And also your work can get you to a place where if you wanted them in your life, that kind of stuff wouldn't bother you so much. And you would be able to still show up for them with love and with attention and all the things. So just keep that in mind. Okay. It just kind of shows where your work is. And I can tell you, I relate to this question too. I see this happen a lot with friendships. I wouldn't even call them friends because it's really hard to kind of get into my friend circle. Um, And as I've been analyzing again, this whole rejection thing, I'm like, this is why it's so hard for me to make friends. Yes. Do I, am I kind of picky? Yeah. Because, you know, I don't like sitting around talking about the most basic level shit that it seems like a lot of people like to talk about, but also I don't put myself out there because I don't want to deal with rejection because I fear it so much. Yeah. And then when I get the least little sense that maybe someone's rejecting me, then I start pulling away. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, how's so-and-so doing? And I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. Okay, so just see if that comes up for you. All right, next question. If you're withdrawing from others and avoiding socializing, so are you doing this never, sometimes or frequently, where you're withdrawing from others and avoiding socializing? Another one, next question, says you feel like a failure when you're not meeting perceived expectations of friends, families, teachers, etc. So it could be now, it could be like your boss, your partner. I see this with clients all the time who tell me, oh, I feel like I'm letting you down, Lindsay. And I'm like, girl, you do not have to perform for me. I am here to serve you whatever you need. All I want is your authentic self. If that means you feel like shit today, or if you're mad at me, let's talk about it. Okay. See if that comes up for you. Or think about too, like, did this come up for you a lot as a kid? I see this in my daughter a lot. She hates the thought of getting in trouble. Hates it. And really what that boils down to is rejection. She doesn't want to be able to reject it. All right. Next question. You have feelings of extreme guilt or shame. So extreme I would say is like you just beat yourself up to a point where it's like you probably have depression if you don't I mean if not you do and maybe and probably anxiety too all right next question you're aggressive when you perceive that you have been slighted so this could be even over the littlest things like being cut off when you're driving, someone cuts in line, you know, maybe you don't get the right service you want at a restaurant. So see how often that's coming up for you. And then the last question is you ruminate intensely after a conversation or altercation where they feel they've said or done the quote wrong thing. I'm going to ask that one again. 
Do you ruminate intensely after a conversation or altercation where you feel you've said or done the quote wrong thing? Is that never, sometimes, or frequently? This is my big one. I ruminate like a motherfucker. (laughs) And I used to not. Again, it's like, whew, getting worn out and get that inner wrinkle voice. Ooh, it's intense. All right. So those are my questions. See... How often are you saying never, sometimes frequently? The more you're saying frequently, the more you definitely have rejection sensitivity disorder. If you're saying sometimes, and you probably just have kind of a more quote unquote normal rejection sensitivity. And then if it's never, like this isn't a season for you for rejection. Um, so great, awesome, wonderful, right? right? Great for you. And if you're sometimes, I say, keep listening to this podcast because um, we can always get better rejection to where you can get to never. If you're answering frequently a lot, you may say, oh my gosh, well, I might have this rejection sensitivity disorder, Lindsay. Like, what do I do here? And I just want to present to you that RSD or rejection sensitivity disorder, remember those words are interchangeable then you may also have something else going on. It typically goes hand in hand with ADHD or some circles call it ADD, depends on your doctor. Um, So it goes hand in hand with that. As many of you know, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. So it makes sense for me. I believe my daughter has ADHD. And so I see this rejection sensitivity disorder in her. I see this with clients a lot who were either diagnosed or who I believe just from witnessing them. Now I'm not a doctor, but I just see, ooh, I could see some some ADHD here. Um, So just take that in mind. It also comes up a lot with people who have borderline personality disorder. And it probably comes up with many other things, but those are the two that it comes up with the most. I believe, now again, I'm not a doctor, but I believe my mom might even have borderline personality disorder because her rejection sensitivity is just so intense. And that's the core of borderline um, to a point where, you know, suicide was threatened and used like as a tool to get me to change the way I was talking to her. I mean, it was, it was intense stuff. Usually with ADD and ADHD. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, but this is just in my experience. It's like, it's this internal dialogue and internal stuff that they have to work through that they kind of hide from the world. And you can just tell in their overall mental health where borderline tends to be more manipulative than the way that they do it. So that's just my two cents. Again, I'm not a doctor, but that's just my experience with it. All right. So you're like, okay, now what, Lindsay? What do I do with this thing? I know that I'm fearing rejection. What do I do? Well, even though I have an ADHD diagnosis, you know, I still have to work through this shit. I can't just be like, oh yeah, I have ADHD. This is the thing for me. And in essence, like be victim to it. And I'm like, fuck no, I'm not going to be victim to this. I'm going to, I know this is sensitive for me. And so what am I going to do? Because again, as I've analyzed the past few weeks of like, what the fuck is going on in my head here? And it's come back again and again to rejection. I'm like, I'm not going to live this way. Like I see now a tie into how Everything I'm doing in life, and especially the biggest struggles that I'm having right now, tie back to this. Like, I have to learn how to manage this better. I have to learn how to overcome this. And so I'm going to do whatever the fuck it takes to make this not as big of a deal for me. And so here's some of the stuff that I'm doing, right? So first off, 
I'm just going to give some basic tools just in case you may be newer to this and I've kind of blown your mind today of like, holy shit, I have this thing. I really want to encourage you if we haven't started working together, I know this is a plug, please, please consider having a free consult with me because then we'll know once and for all if we're a good fit and we might not be a good fit. And then I can say, hey, we're not a good fit. Here's somebody who could be, or I really think you should be in therapy right now, or that's just my two cents. You should be in therapy. And then you can go about your day and actually get really deep help that you need. But if we are a good fit together, then it's like, great, let's talk about some options. I have different options now at different price points. You can do one-on-one coaching, which is obviously the most expensive. And then it goes down from there. You can do group coaching or do self-study. And I'm going to teach you so many tools and self-study for you to be able to overcome something like rejection. Okay, so some of the tools that you're going to learn in there is a ton of self-awareness. You're going to learn how to journal in a way to start to spot how you're thinking and what you're feeling. I'm also going to teach you a tool called the model where you're going to be able to spot, again, these thoughts quicker and faster so you can change them. And then you're going to learn some nervous system regulation tools because some of this is just your nervous system being so heightened. You know, again, when I am saying like getting worn down, right, your nervous system's heightened. That's what I'm, what I'm meaning by that. And so then these things are just going to come up more and more for you. So we've got to diminish those things. And we've got to get you to a point where you're seeing what's going on in your brain. Okay. I always say awareness is the first step to change. And if you're not aware of what's going on in your brain, you're screwed. You're totally screwed. Okay, so just take that in. That's part of the process I'm going to work with you. I'm also going to teach you how to close off those stress cycles and really feel through your emotions so that you can close these things off. And so, you know, as again, I've realized, holy shit, this is rejection. I'm seeing I'm really worn out here. This is why the inner mean girl is so strong in my head. I've gone back and I've done those things again. I've been journaling every single day. I have not done that in a long time. And I'm just letting that negative voice write like Lindsay this and Lindsay that. And then, you know, I have done work to build up what I call my authentic self. And so I know this sounds kind of crazy, but it makes sense when you do the work that my authentic self talks back to my inner mean girl voice. And in essence, you know, some circles, they would call this like reparenting yourself, like getting the parenting that you really needed. And that's really what I'm doing here is like loving on myself, calming myself down, but also allowing that voice to be heard. Because again, she's just scared. She just needs love. You know, the inner mean girl voice at the end of the day is our inner child that just needs loving and calming energy to be able to be seen as an inner child to then be able to be loved on. And so that's some of the work that I'll teach you that I've gone back to and do on myself. I've been just really taking things slow as much as possible, you know, even though more hard shit has come up. I'm really like, God, please, are we done with this season? And two, you know, on the days that nothing unexpected comes up, I'm just like, okay, I am just intentionally putting in my schedule to do really deep self-care. Like I'm doing really long meditations right now and doing different body work techniques that um, I hope to be able to teach y'all here on the podcast and definitely for clients here soon that I'm trying out and doing some different work there. And so I'm just intentionally doing the work deeper on the days that I know that I can because I can't wait and be like, oh, I'm going to put this off till tomorrow. I can't because life is just so unexpected for me right now. And it could be for you too. I mean, I think this is true for all of us. We don't know when we're going to be hit with hard things. And so that's why we have to build up this bank 
of, you know, in essence, like self-care so that when shit hits the fan, we're like, no problem. I've got this reserve. Okay. So I'm doing a lot of that work to do, you know, calm this inner mean girl voice and calm these feelings of rejection. Um, So just take that in. Some other things that I want to present to you too is I'm just acknowledging like this is hard for me right now. You know, I'm a person who doesn't like to play the victim card or label myself a victim, but I really feel like for a long time I tried to deny that I didn't care what people thought about me. And I think that work was good for the time, but you know, we grow and we're changing or evolving all the time. And what we needed at one point may not be what we need in another season. And I'm just in the season now where it's like, yeah, this is really hard for me. I really fear rejection and I'm just going to honor that, but I'm not going to indulge in it. I'm just going to be like, okay, this is hard. And so what am I going to do about it? And so that's what's allowed me to open up and really do the work here of, okay, like what, what healing do I need to do? Knowing that I do really care if somebody leaves me. I do really care what people are thinking about me. And I just need to lean in and do that work. So maybe that's just something you need to admit to yourself of like, okay, this is hard and that's okay. And I'm going to show up and do the work of this. You know, just realize too that some days are going to feel really, really hard. Like I've been going through just a really hard breakup and it's not with my husband. It's just in another element of my life. And it's really thrown me in a big way. You know, I was telling my husband, it was like, other than my divorce, like this is really, I think the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I just really trusted this person. I really opened myself up to this person and I just don't feel like I was even like considered at all when we had a disagreement on something. And, you know, I just... I've been really heartbroken in the way that things have been handled from that. And I also recognize that some of that is on me too. Being somebody who does have a high sensitivity to rejection of like even her just doing little things. Like initially the first thing that really kind of sent me into the spiral was like her blocking me on Instagram. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I know we had an argument, but I thought we were like going to recover from this. And than just seeing all these other ways where she wasn't acknowledging things that maybe I had tagged her in or something else that happened and, you know, she didn't even like promote it or share it. And I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. Like you're like, you're wanting to like really break up. I thought maybe we were just having a moment like this is, this is done. And just the immense deep rejection of that has been so intense to fill through that because this is somebody I really opened up to. And so, yeah, it's just like leaning into that, realizing some days are going to be hard and just knowing too, like it's going to get easier if you show up and you're doing the work of, you know, doing things like slowing down, doing self-care, that will be huge enough in itself. Allowing that inner mean girl voice to write and write down all the negative thoughts that you have about the world and others and yourself, that can be so helpful of just doing a brain dump and like, in essence saying, okay, brain, this is all going out on paper and that's where it's going for the day and setting some boundaries with yourself too of like, okay, that's it. I'm not going to sit here and indulge in this for the rest of the day. I'm going to pick myself up and keep going. So yeah, just like open yourself up that this is just what our humans brains are built for. It wants to reject it. I mean, you know, keep us safe and 
rejection to the brain feels unsafe because if we look at it from a very basic human level, if we were rejected back in the very early ages of humanhood, you were, you know, out of the pack and then you would die alone, right? You know, we're better in numbers. And so sometimes I just have to remind myself of that, of like, brain, it's going to be okay. Like, even if everybody rejects me in the entire world, like right now in my life, if everyone's just like, Lindsay, I hate you. And I had to go start over. Like, I would go start over and it would be fine. It would be totally fine. Right. And so just reminding yourself of that. Okay. So I just want to leave you with a couple other things to remember is no one is scrutinizing everything that you do. No one is. You know, we talk about this a lot in the coaching industry. We think a lot of times when we're launching, especially like, oh my God, people are so annoyed by how much I'm talking about this thing that I'm selling. And we have to say, wait a second, nobody's actually paying that close attention to us. And if they are and they're annoyed by it, then they always have the option to leave. Like they can unfollow us, they can unfriend us, but we have a business and part of the business is to sell things, right? And so two, I just want to acknowledge, like I grew up with a mom who is very critical of me. Um, It's gotten a lot better over the years because I've set boundaries with her. But I did think like, oh, if my mom is sitting around scrutinizing and criticizing everything I do, then everybody else must be too. And the reality is, is that's just not true. People are self-absorbed. People are really thinking about themselves most of the time. And if they are sitting around scrutinizing and criticizing you, wow, get a life, right? You know, it reminds me of when I had my dance studio back in the day, I had a couple different dance teams on it. And one of my dance teams were my middle school girls. And many of us know those middle school years, you know, this is when we can feel rejection the most and the biggest and the hardest, right? Because they're dealing with their own inner mean girls and, you know, wanting to put their feelings onto other people. But I remember some of my dancers, somehow they were watching this TV show that I was on. Yes, I was on a show. It was very brief. But um, I had tried out to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And you may know that they have a show. And I really loved the way that I showed up in that audition. I made it pretty far. And really, it was my confidence and my ADHD that kept me from the next round because I just cannot remember dances quickly like what they need to do and I just just really didn't like rock who I was but anyways they saw me on that show and they took a screenshot of it and where did they post it they post like this is the day before Facebook and stuff I think but they posted it somewhere and some of my other dancers saw it and were like lol so funny because it was like a picture of me eating or something like that and I remember just like feeling so rejected because obviously, you know, rejection is kind of hard for me, but they were sitting around like scrutinizing the stupidest silly thing that I was like, okay, I'm not going to like make this a thing. Cause obviously to their children at this point, I was in my mid twenties. So I wasn't that much older than them, but I was like, okay, this is like kind of lame. <laughs> They're sitting around doing this. And I had to like, I didn't know any mindset tools at that point, but I really had to just be like, okay, I'm just going to let this go because this is just a reflection again of where they are at right now. Not about me. All right. So just keep that in mind. No one's around scrutinizing everything that you do. You're not a bad person for mistakes that you've grown from. 
whoo, I've had to soak this one in on a whole new level recently because this past year, my tarot card reader would tell you, and you may be like, Lindsay, you have a tarot card reader. I go see her every few years and I saw her recently. And when I saw her, she does this numerology thing where she takes your birthday and adds it all up and says like, oh, this is what, you know, the year ahead is like. And so I saw her, I think it was in March and my birthday's in August. So I'm like way into the year and she's like, oh, this is the year for you where you're cleaning up contracts, especially legal contracts. And I'm like, fuck, that's so true. Because remember I got sued, which was about a client who was unhappy that I ended up winning. But if I had had a really clear contract with her, like I wouldn't have had to go through any of that legal stuff. And that was just so stressful. And that brought up so much for me of, oh my gosh, I'm a bad person. I've made mistakes. Even though logically my brain was like, no, you didn't. You did not make a mistake. Like show up and make this shit happen. And I'm so glad I did. But another thing came up my business where I was like, damn, I should have had a really clear contract with this person of like, hey, there's a non-compete, you know, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. And so I just keep reminding myself is like, okay, I'm not a bad person. I've made mistakes. I grow on that. I've talked to a lot of other business owners who have given me perspective on that and just reminded me of like, this is just a normal thing that happens in business. Or, you know, if you're going through a life thing that you're really, you know, having critical thoughts about from a mistake, just remind yourself like, it happens. It all happens. If you're growing from it, it really wasn't a mistake. You know, something I really took in recently is things like failure and rejection are just human constructs. They are human constructs to make us feel like shit about ourselves. There really is no such thing as failure or rejection. You know, I did a whole podcast once on feeling forward and I talked about this. It's like failure is really just data that you didn't expect. You know, it comes back to like the school age years, right? Oh, I think I'm going to make this A on this test and you get it and it's a C and you're like, fuck. You know, again, it was just data you didn't expect or a result you didn't expect, right? You go out with a guy and you think, oh my God, he's going to call me. He doesn't. Oh, okay. Right? (laughs) It's just like, no, we're always learning and growing. You know, something my DEI coach, Alyssa Hall, said recently on one of the workshops she had with my mastermind clients was something like, how could you fail at something you did? How could you fail at something that you did? You did it. You can't fail because you showed up and you did it, right? How beautiful is that? All right, something else to remember, you don't have to be perfect to be loved. And I know for some of us, we grew up with childhoods where we kind of felt like we did have to be perfect to be loved. And hopefully, you know, you're in a relationship now where they are loving you for who you are. You know, it's so funny with my husband. I've told this story before, so if you've heard it, but he, he was just so nice to me. It was like the first relationship I ever had where he was truly unconditionally loving. And I remember looking at him one day and being like, why are you so nice to me? Because it was just so foreign to me that he just like loved me. I didn't have to perform for him. He was totally okay. You know, me making mistakes it was okay that my body was imperfect, quote, you know, quote unquote imperfect. It's crazy, right? Okay, a couple more things I want to tell you is everyone doesn't secretly hate you. I have thoughts like this sometimes, my friend, if that's you. I realize this very deeply when I joined my mastermind where I was a client these past six months. 
I realized, you know, I'd been in group programs and I've done obviously a ton of one-on-one coaching, but I'd never been in a mastermind where I was getting coached in front of other people. And it brought up a lot of shit for me, brought up so much shit for me. And I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, what's going on, Lindsay? What's going on in your head? Like, why is this bringing up these emotions for you? And I really thought I was like, oh my gosh, everyone secretly hates me. And I see this happen sometimes too with my work. I'll start to get really anxious about something and I'll be like, okay, what is this about? I'm like, Lindsay, all your clients hate you. I'm like, okay, Rain, that's really what you're presenting me with? All my clients hate me. If all my clients hated me, they wouldn't work with me. And then my brain will say, well, they like the results they get from you, but they secretly hate you as a person. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. (laughs) So I have to like really catch this stuff, okay? See if those come up for you. Another thing here is your intrusive thoughts are lying to you. Like I just mentioned with my thoughts, all my clients hate me. Really, Brian? That seems like a lie. And then again, if I'll go to the worst case scenario question. This is a question I give clients a lot when they're really fearing something. I'll be like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, so if I go to this example I gave with my clients, okay, all my clients leave me because they hate my guts. Maybe they even do like a smear campaign. It's like, Lindsay's the worst. Don't go work with her. I'd be like, okay, I'll just feel through it, pick myself back up, and I'll go do something else, or I'll do this again, and I'll find people who do want to respect me and honor me and honor the results that I give them. You know, last thing I want to say is the people in your life want to be there. The people in your life want to be there. I don't know about you, but I have thoughts sometimes too of like, nobody wants to be here. I'll read an emotion on my husband's face. I'll go into this whole spiral about it and be like, oh my God, he hates me. He doesn't want to be married. (laughs) And I have to stop it. Be like, okay, come on, brain. Again, the intrusive thoughts are lying to you. So I just want to present all these to you. Remember, if you have ADD or ADHD, this is just going to be something that's harder for you because if you think about our brains, especially the one that I have, I have limbic ADHD, which isn't recognized from the DSM-5. So most psychologists or psychiatrists you're going to go get diagnosed are just going to give you ADD or ADHD, right? But if you were to go to Amen clinics or people where they're doing brain scans, they're going to scan your brain and be able to see on a brain scan like, oh, these are the parts of your brain that are overactive. These are the parts that are underactive and be able to diagnose whatever it is. For me, it was limbic ADHD. They're like, oh my gosh, your limbic system, which is in essence where your emotions are stored, is so strong, Lindsay. And there's just a little bit of your prefrontal cortex that isn't as developed. And that's because you've just had to deal with so many emotions for so long on your own. And this is why I go back to completing those emotional cycles, right? I never got to finish those as a kid. I didn't have anyone hold space for me. I didn't have anyone that was there for me. In essence too, I was living on pins and needles all of the time in every aspect of my life and my home life. And so, yeah, I was just like, okay, okay. I don't want to mess anything up. I don't want to make my mom mad. I don't want to feel rejected because she's feeling rejected. It was just this whole big thing. And so that's been so helpful for me to just acknowledge, okay, this is a thing for me. This is something going on with my brain. And um, again, just lean into it. And there's also different things that you can take. 
you know, supplement wise or medication wise to help with this. I take a supplement that helps with an overactive mind and helps with mood. And so it's been really helpful for me. I'm not going to give all the details of that because again, I'm not a doctor, but I would just encourage you if you want to go that route and go look at your brain scan and look at maybe supplements or medications you need, I can't recommend the Amen Clinics enough. So check them out. They have locations all throughout the U.S. It is an investment. It will be out of network for insurance, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. And I also just want to encourage you too, is that, you know, even if you go get a brain scan or do other things, you know, coaching um, is something I really encourage you to have in your arsenal and my coaching style and my coaching process will help you definitely deal with these things. I'm so grateful. I have the tools that I have in my life to be able to deal with this new level of growth and awareness for myself. And if you're a client of mine, you have these tools too, you lucky thing you. So if you're not currently coaching with me, maybe, you know, we coached in the past, then sometimes you just need the, the tools and the support. So reach out if you want more support. And yeah, that's all I have for this podcast. It's been a long one. I hope you learned a lot and I can't wait to see you on another episode too. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.